You old school, new school motherfuckers. It's that time of the week again. That's right, bitch. It's another episode of Old School, New School Comedy Podcast. And I am your host, Christy Miller. And we are broadcasting to you every week here at the incredibly famous comic strip in New York City. I almost forgot where I was because <laughs> I'm 150 fucking years old. So... We're taping here live at the Comic Strip Live on 2nd Avenue and 81st Street. And uh, in the studio with me this week, it's we're going new school, baby. <laughs> this girl, I've watched her. She's in the game about three years now, coming up, working hard. She's got a good hustle. And she's been through a lot in her three years that <laughs> normal comics take about 10 to 15 to go through. Big breath on the so it sounds terrible on the podcast. <laughs> so this girl, she based, she is based out of New Jersey. She's from the Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Do you know Sammy and, and Twatty and Cunty and Greasy <laughs> and Panty and Douchebaggy? You know? <laughs> and uh, you know, she's based out of Jersey. She's adorable. Um, she's got a lot to share with us. And I can't wait to her to tell her. I'm so excited. So I want you to introduce you to Emily Page. Thank you so much. That was the best introduction I think I've ever gotten. Right? You right. should quit while you're ahead. I'm done. Get out. Yeah, done. It's been a great podcast. Thank yeah, you so much. It's been a great career. Thank you, people. Next to the plastic uh, picnic table covers we have here at the comic Listen, strip. These tables, I tell you, these are the cutest tables I've ever seen, though. Dude, this is my right. favorite club I love in this. New York City. Like, this is... Yeah, it's old school because it reminds me of the comedy store. Right. You know, this is like the OR. It's almost the same chairs. It's dirty carpet. You know, it's (laughs) failed careers. It's fucking great. It's perfect. It's It's all of us old school jacks that didn't (laughs) quite make it because we didn't have that star power fucking us from behind over there. So (laughs) all the memories. I love it. I love it. Emily's like, who is this person? (laughs) I'm loving this. This is great. (laughs) I like a lot of people like, how do I not know you? Like when I put my album out a right. few months ago, Brutally Yours on right. iTunes, Spotify. Which is Amazon great, Spotify. by the way. Did you listen? I did. Oh, it was great. Thank you. Well, I like to listen because it's like, I'm not there yet. Like you said, I'm three years in and like, I like to listen to all these albums as many as I can because it's like, all right, like that's my goal one day. Right. Yeah. Is to record my own. Yeah. And album. listen to things and listen to the rhythm. Right. Like I listen. I love comedy. I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan of stand-up as much as I am a huge fan of being a stand-up. Right. Like, I love this craft now more going into t- my 28th year than I did in my 28th month. You know what okay. I mean? Like, yeah. when I was your age, I was just like on, like, anything. But I was at the comedy store when I was at, th- That's you know. amazing. Yeah. I was born and raised there under Mitzi Shore. So, mm-hmm. in the 90s, it was, you know, it was like the dark days and the club was failing, but it was fucking magic. Right. And it's still the comedy store. It's still the comedy store. Right. And I'm like, how come up my decade there was the darkest, shittiest time? <laughs> Everybody cashed in before I got there and now they're all cashing in right, now. Right. What the fuck's wrong with me, people? Well, yeah. <laughs> I started during the pandemic. So, my, my claim Did to... Did you? Are you a Zoom comic? I was a Zoom comic. Okay, this show is over. <laughs> but I made it out alive. I made it out alive. So. You know, there's a couple... I was in Nashville. I go to Nashville on the regular. Okay. And there was this girl at one of these uh, independent shows. Mm-hmm. I was wor- there. I was there and I was doing some, you know, just getting on wherever just to work out because I got to write my new album. Mm-hmm. So um, a, a friend of mine, she produced... She's just a show producer. Mm-hmm. She's not a comic. 
So she threw me some spots at these spots, right? And I was at this one place. It was a coffee shop, but it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a house. Oh, that's so cool. it had like a okay. backyard. Mm-hmm. So they had a stage built out there, and it reminded. Me, and I made fun of it. I'm like, I feel like I'm at somebody's wedding, you know, right. like or at a cookout. And they're like, Hey, be funny for five minutes for Aunt right. Nelly, you know. It was hysterical. So cut two. There was this girl, this Indian girl, that started during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and I'm watching all of them. People are like, I'm, people were treating me like I was Dave Chappelle. I'm like, girl, <laughs> did you see my career, girl? Okay, girl. <laughs> if you think I'm Dave Chappelle in this room, then you guys don't know anything. <laughs> yes, you were though. To I'm that finally man. a legend in a coffee shop in Nashville. Thank you. Everyone's dream. I'm, I'm ma- mic drop. I'm walking right. out. See, it's your co- podcast You're done. now. You're done. <laughs> so, but this girl was hilarious. Right. She had a great point of view. Mm -hmm. She had a really strong sense of herself. Mm -hmm. And I pulled her aside and I said, you started. She talks about it and she talks about how she got into it and why and and the funny stories that exhumed from it. And I pulled her aside after her set and I said, you need to stick with this. I don't say this to any pandemic comic Mm because I think you all suck. (laughs) And she started fair, laughing. Fair. I go, garbage. And I go, but you have a great point of view. Mm-hmm. You have a good sense of self. Yeah, it's kind of generically hacky stuff sure. because you're new. Right. What do you know? Right. You haven't really been on a stage stage mm-hmm. yet. And there's not a lot of stage time in Nashville. They only uh-huh. have zanies. And they're not big on the local scene. Right. You know, they don't give a shit about their local comics. So people like my friend um, Kelly and them are uh, like, and Casey and them are like, Let's create rooms. Yeah. So there's these, you know, Nashville's huge. So they got music venues like Starbucks on every corner. Oh my gosh, like insane. the way New York City has smoke shops. Right. They have music venues. Right. And it's insane. So a lot of music venues are doing stand-up now, That's which fantastic. is fantastic because the local kids have to have somewhere to develop. Oh, absolutely. And in a city like Nashville, that's all artists and all talented. I mean, those fucking singers, holy shit. You wouldn't think that they'd have more, though, like for the oh, other they, arts. Yeah, than, no, this, it's all about music there. Well, it's a music, you know, yeah. it's Nashville. It's about right. music. Nobody cares about telling jokes. <laughs> and so um, so when I was there, they're like, oh, she's a comic from New York. Oh, my God, we got to get her autograph. I'm going to be in her. You know, like, I yeah. was something. Like, I was king shit. I come here and people are like... Shut up. You know? that's, that's the New York attitude. That <laughs> right? We all hate each other in, in a fun way. Right. But, and I told her, I said, you need to stick with it. You have a great point of view. You have, you have what it takes. And she was like, oh, my God. Aww. Like, she almost cried. It was right. so cute. And I was like, don't stop. But it does mean a lot. Like, I'll speak from my own experience. Coming from a comedian, experienced comedian, somebody who's worked all these clubs, it does mean a lot when you hear things like that. No, you have something. And yeah. I really enjoy you. I watch your clips. Oh, thank you. And, I, you know, and I'm proud of you, of all the work you've done, just because... You're, you're an actual comic. Like, I can tell in 10 seconds if you are or not. Thank you. That means a lot, yeah. And and I don't have the patience for not, you know? <laughs> and you know me. I've, I don't know if you know me that well, but I have a big mouth. And I've told right. people to quit. Yeah, I have no a- shot, no shame in my... I don't care. What are right. you going to do? Cry? I don't care. Right. What are you going to do? Hit me? Really? No. Trust me. They're not going to. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm not allowed in Times Square because it's a no-gun zone. <laughs> but... Um, you know, I don't care. I'll right. be honest with you because I, I don't want you to waste your time or I'll tell you something. You know, if, you, if you're happy mm-hmm. doing it, keep doing it. Who the fuck Absolutely. am I to tell you Absolutely. to stop? But I'll tell you, you ain't got it. It depends on what your goals are. Yeah. Right? Like if you're doing it for fun, that's one thing. But if you're doing it to try to make it, then. If you're doing it because you have to. Right. Like I had this conversation. I'm going to name drop and how old I am. 
with Jim Norton many, okay. many, many years ago. And I said, Jimmy, it's, he goes, what do you want to do? Do you want to be famous? And I said, I want to work. Mm-hmm. All I care about is being on stage. And he gave me a weird look like, what? If you're a girl, don't you want to like suck somebody's dick and get a TV show? And I'm like, well, I would, but it's you would have to suck. And you look <laughs> no, like a, you. you look like a thumb. So, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, no, but not him. Like he would never, cause that's, I love him, but no, I would he's not like that, but right. at least not to me, but, um, Nobody's like that to me. <laughs> Fuck. It's because they're afraid of you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I need to calm down. Well, somebody sexually harass me so I can get a show, please. They know you'd kick their ass. So it's like, like, Listen, no. harass me and I'll get you a part. How about that? Perfect. We'll do this together. Perfect. Teamwork makes the dream I love work. It. Fuck yeah. faces. <laughs> so <laughs> then again, I'm more man than all these fucking comics out here. But he looked at me like I was weird because most female comics are like, any anime actress and then I can't get all Session, so I'm gonna just stand up so I can get attention and then they blow someone and they become Chelsea Handler and <laughs> Amy Schumer you know <laughs> the shame <laughs> just because I'm jealous and bitter and that I'm not them <laughs> well it's like I feel like when I first started doing so I started during the pandemic mm-hmm. so I what I did was my life had completely fallen apart so I'll tell like my backstory oh only yours oh no everyone that's, no. How, <laughs> that's the prereq to get into comedy you have to have a mental health issue and you have to, your life has to fall apart okay. um, so I back in says well I had a daughter I was, I was married I had a kid and then it says and I I got divorced. I sold my house. I moved back in with my parents. And that's when the pandemic hit. Sure. It was like, oh, this is great. Like, this is what I want to be doing at 29 years old. Right. I want to be back living with my parents. That's so, so Jersey, Italian, so, you know, not even Italian. I know. Though. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, you're like stealing you, from them. <laughs> right. You're you hack. <laughs> I know. No, sorry, guys. But I, uh, I always wanted to do stand up. And I was like, I just kept putting it off. I was sure. always, I've always been a writer. I write poetry. right? like a bunch of stuff. And um, I ended up signing up for an online class Mm -hmm. through the American Comedy Institute here in New York City. They were doing everything online, so I was able to do it. Okay. So I signed up. I did a workshop, and then I did a Zoom show. And then that led to more. Your favorite thing in the world. I can just tell by your face. And that led to more and more Zoom shows. But I will say, the the only two benefits, I think, from the Zoom shows were Mm -hmm. I memorized my material. Okay. Because I had to. Yeah. And I networked, like, crazy no people hated zoom like us old right. heads sure I loved it really because i didn't have to get dressed well yeah <laughs> oh my god that's so great and then because i did have covid very okay. badly and uh like around the end of 2020 beginning of 2021 mm-hmm. when delta came that oh, bitch showed up yeah, at my yeah, house yeah. she got off the airport took a cab to my house bitch <laughs> and she stayed for three fucking weeks oh god it was brutal yeah. so but the thing I love, because it, it fucked with my memory. Mm-hmm. And then depression fucks with your oh, memory, 100%. too. And stress, right. you know, it, it all compounded. So what I loved, because I don't use notes, I write on stage. I have okay. a premise, like how I, and then I have an emotional reaction to that mm-hmm. premise. And then I go on stage and then I work it out. Nice. Okay. And I, all my premises, this is so sad. Do you know where I learned, how I, where I write the most? The shower. I, that makes sense because though. I'm by myself I'm right. in the, and you're just focusing you're, there's nothing going on to distract you and I came up with a killer bit last night in the shower That's so awesome. I'm so excited tonight I had to try it but um but I loved Zoom because, A, I could put all my notes and things I was working on right under the yes. computer. Yes. So I had it all in front of me so I wouldn't forget mm-hmm. or I could take notes and write notes and heckle everybody. Yeah. 
but I wrote my album on Zoom. Same. Like um, uh, Al Martin, you know, from Broadway Comedy mm-hmm. Club wanted to go virtual. Okay. So he goes, I don't want to end up like Tony and Dangerfields and lose. So he called Jim Madrinos and John G, my buddies, Jim Madrinos, who was Jim on the show John. last week. He's the best. Yeah. And asked him, he goes, you have a video production company with your with your best friend. Will you take my club virtual? Mm-hmm. Keep the name alive. I'll give you all my mailing lists to send out. And will you book it Wednesday through Sunday like a regular show? And he goes, done. Those were the shows I was doing. Yeah. And then Jim yeah. called me. He goes, are you in on this back in December? And I said, fuck yeah. Yeah. I need something. So yeah. the first show, I, it was Christmas Eve. I did three shows that weekend, half hour spots. And That's it awesome. was, and I just worked and worked. I mean, a lot of stuff was like COVID material. Sure. Like I would never use in real life. But I wrote so much stuff on right. Zoom. And then by April... When we reopened, well, then I just started working things out in person, right? Because tweaking, you, and then I did my album. Because you took advantage of it. Like that's another thing I realized. Like because I was so new in comedy, I was writing like crazy during the pandemic yeah. because it was so fresh and new. And I knew comics that had been doing comedy for years that didn't take advantage. And then the, they came out of the pandemic, and they said the biggest thing that they regret was they didn't write. Yeah. And I'm like, you had all this time. You did nothing. Right. Like you weren't doing Zoom shows, which is fine. Like if you don't do Zoom shows, don't do Zoom shows. But at least use the time to write. You know, I like the Zoom better than the park shows. Is that weird? I didn't do a park show. I did a show in a TGI Friday's parking lot. That's so. I've done things in TGA Fries and Parking Lot, but it wasn't. It was a talent joke. I did one in an ice cream shop parking lot. A lot of parking lot shows yeah. in Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Lou. Yeah. <laughs> I never did the drive-ins. I didn't do that either. I only did park shows, and I hated them because it was like, because you're in a little amp, and it was fun because right. at least I was performing sure. and I got to see people. But like in Central Park, they're spread. Mm-hmm. So, and you have a little amplifier. I felt like a jerk off on 42nd Street going, hey, let me tell you a joke for a quarter. You know, like <laughs> that fucking guy, right? And uh, so you're telling a joke and it's outside, so it kind of drops. But then the sound, the way sound and physics works, you know, not many people understand, you know, comics are retarded. But um, th- by the time the joke would hit, they'd laugh and then by the time the laugh would come back you know you didn't realize the back was right. laughing because you can't tell yep you're focusing on the front what you can react to yep that these laughs would come at weird times because it was just a delayed reaction from the soundtrack it was hilarious and it and i'm like this is fun and i get to see people but i'm like you know what i hate people i'll just stay home you know and yeah you know I'll, I'll get dressed from the neck up from the neck down it's all it's you know it's up to you to have an imagination i was like i'm keeping pajama pants on but uh, even on zoom like there was such sometimes there wouldn't be a laughter at all sometimes you'd have like it, there's that delay kind of like you're talking about in the park shows mm-hmm. and it almost trains you like in t- i'm a teacher by day so like i always talk about like wait time so it's almost like you had to like get your wait time to wait for the laugh well, let me or tell you something. the but, laugh. Well, here's the thing, too, is like, you know, the times I do that I do get to work with Andrew Dice Clay, mm-hmm. you know, when Eleanor's not around. Um, the nice thing about Zoom also, because I didn't sub- I was doing shows with him before the pandemic hit. And then that changed the whole, you know, dichotomy of mm-hmm. our relationship. And then he just focused Then him and, you know, whatever. It's just fine. You know, big deal. But we were working a lot together in 2019 from like the fall until lockdown. Yeah. And then that dried up 
and, and then we did one show post like last year in Florida together because Eleanor couldn't go. And that was great. But the nice thing about working with him is that when you play a theater, you have to slow down and pace yourself right. because the time travel, the, the, the joke travel. Mm-hmm. So when the pandemic hit, it was fun. I'm like, oh, okay, let's just treat these park shows and Zoom shows. It's, I'm on stage at a 1,500, 2,000 seat theater with dice. And it's nice to pace yourself. And like, it, it teaches you pacing. Yes. Because you, you ever like nuke jacks, I always tell them, I go, don't try to tell every joke you ever nope. wrote in five minutes. Nope. It's, it's, Slow it's it down. so dumb. Take your time. Pace yourself. Let the laughs hit. If you only get two jokes out in five minutes right. and you have a great set, look at that. There's a couple jokes I do. That's five minutes set with two jokes. And that's still, if, as long that's as they're kill. hitting. Exactly. But, that, but I'm saying, then you got three more jokes. There's 10 minutes. Look right. at that. Look how your set's building. Exactly. There's a couple jokes I do now where I really like, I wait for the, I almost make it like that awkwardness because then I get the laughs at the awkwardness. I do a lot with my facial expressions too. Sure. And like, it's the, it's realizing that like, what I've been realizing the longer I've been doing this, all three years of my experience. <laughs> And we're back from our commercial break. <laughs> Translation, the battery's dying in the pond track recorder. Anyway, um, so as we were saying about, um, you know, pacing yourself on stage right. and you were talking about how you like to make those awkward pauses into laughs and really pace yourself. So. Right. I think I learned, like, that's one thing I definitely have learned over the last couple of years is like, it's comedy is more than just what you're saying on stage. It's how you're presenting it. So it's about adding like little things like, awkward pauses or facial expressions that add to like the personality of like what your material Yeah, it's bringing your joke to life basically and also bringing it to life in a very organic way that is you Mm -hmm. like um my best friend teddy smith he's one of the best comics in new york face it and he's hilarious he's like if bernie mac and richard pryor had a child you know that's like you know a huge compliment the storytelling of richard pryor Mm mm-hmm but the, the the sweet, the funny, and the facial expression and the animation of Bernie Mac. Perfect. So Teddy will talk about the story, but then he'll act it out mm-hmm. like prior in the, in, the, in a prior esque sort of way, but with Bernie Mac's type of over the top animated crazy features. So. Right. He is like watching a TV show on stage because he's acting it out and his expressions alone, he just gives a look and the crowd is pissing and that's yeah. very him. If I do that, it doesn't work because right. I'm just mean. But you, <laughs> you're so, I think you're so nice. No, but you find those things out. After. Sorry, I don't want to blow your car. She's so mean, guys. The meanest person you'll ever meet. Uh, but you find those things out as you, like, it's all about finding your voice, yeah. right? And like, uh-huh. again, I'm three years in, so I'm still very new, but I'm finding my voice. I'm on the journey to find who I right. am. And that comes with, you know. And this is what I tell, like when I've, when comics have hired me to coach them or mm-hmm. go over their act. I say, look at your act. Here, I'm giving you a free bit. Then you don't have to hire me. Hey. Um, I always say, look at your stand-up comedy act as a child. Mm-hmm. So you're one year in. What do one-year-olds talk about? It's baby talk. Mm-hmm. They have a few words they've learned. you know, And they're kind of standing up on their own with the help of the coffee table or an ottoman or something. And they take a couple steps, fall down. But they crawl mostly. But they're walking by that point. But, mm-hmm. you know, but there's not much words coming out. 
they're playing and making noises. And then by the time they're five years in, I always say the five year mark is your first growing spurt. Mm, So at five years old, think of a five year old kid. Five year old kid kind of has, you know, his own thoughts and he's kind of independent. He can play by himself. He doesn't need a parent to play with Mm -hmm. him or interact or whatever, sit in the baby seat. And what do five year olds do? I don't want to play with those toys. Those are kid toys. I'm a big boy now, right. you know, and they, and they outgrow their clothes. So jokes that you were doing in your first couple of years probably will stop working yeah. because you're growing. A hundred percent. So now you make full sentences. Mm-hmm. You have thoughts. You're independent. You can play by yourself. You have a little bit more mature toys. So you don't play with those toys anymore. So it's like peeling layers. And then from five to seven years, you're peeling layers. Right. And you're finding other things or other ways to do those bits or you just throw them away. Oh, and yeah. then from seven to ten, it's the ten year mark is a big milestone. Whereas you kind of figure out what your point of view is like, oh, this is how I feel. So, okay, cool. Now I know my stance. So at that 10 year mark, you're pretty much throwing away the first 10 years of your act. Right. Because it's you're done because now you're a 10 year old kid. You know, you don't play with kids anymore. You're riding bikes. You're, you know, doing the cool kids. You're playing video games now. You're more mature. You're walking yourself to and from school now. You don't need parental supervision all the time, yeah. right? So from I always tell comics from 10 to 20 years, that's when you start writing for your voice. Wow, okay. So, and then at that 20-year mark, everything you write will be in that voice. Yeah. And then at the 25-year mark you'll start feeling like, oh, what is this? Mm-hmm. And you start peeling, and then all of a sudden, everything you say is in your voice. And I can't wait for 30, because that's in two years, that when you're at 30 years in, you could just go up and just talk, that's and awesome. everything is done. What a dream. It is, but, but it's something to look forward to. 100%. But it also puts everything in perspective. Right, I think I tend... It helps keep you in the moment and, and not I, get yeah. ahead of yourself. Well, because that's my problem. I or tend to get do... down on yourself. Right, and comedy is a roller coaster, mm-hmm. right? You have your ups and your downs. And... You want to quit every day. If you're not right. you're not a comic, if you don't want to quit this morning, I'm like, I quit, I'm done. Or if you feel like, <laughs> sometimes I wake up, I'm like, I'm a failure. I'm like, how are these people doing these shows? And I'm like, oh, they're 12 years in, Emily, like, calm yourself down. But I've always been like that type of person, very ambitious Right. And I always want to be doing more and more and more. Yeah. And then I had to kind of tone it down and be like, listen, like, don't compare yourself. First of all, don't compare yourself to anyone because everyone's journey is different. But also don't compare yourself to somebody who's been doing it 15 years, Emily. Like, Instead of comparing yourself, go, wow, that's what I'm working towards. Exactly. And make it more positive reinforcement on yourself because this is a hard business. Yeah. And it's tough. And I don't wish this on anybody. And when I met the Reverend George Wallace and had a conversation with him, because he's one of the reasons I got into stand-up. When I was like seven years old, I saw the San Francisco, I tell this story every fucking time. I think my (laughs) audience is sick of hearing it. But when I watched a San Francisco big laugh off on Showtime, you know, back in my day, Showtime was a nighttime channel, you know, and, uh, George Wallace, Marsha Warfield, Johnny Dark, and Ollie Joe Prater were on the show. And I saw Marsha and died. I'm like, this bitch is so fucking funny. I'm seven years old. How the fuck do I know, right? Right. And then I see the George Wallace, and I'm just like, oh, my God. So when I finally got to meet him as an adult comic, we sat here at the comic strip in the front, and we sat at the table. And I said, you know, I want to, always wanted to tell you this. You're the reason I do stand up when I was a kid. I told him the story. He goes, 
And you're telling me this because I go, because I said, whenever I meet you, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> and he died. And we, and we were friends ever since. Right. And it's so fucking funny. And he's just, you know, and, and I look at guys like that when I was coming up and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be there mm-hmm. because it is a roller coaster. And you got to just think of yourself as this only when I break it down in the years, like a child, your kid's three years old. What did your three-year-old daughter do? Right. You know, think of how she was. Yeah. So, and you just got to stay in the moment. Yeah. And I think when you, it's so funny hearing somebody like experienced like you talk about that too, because it puts into perspective that it's not me just feeling that Mm-mm. way as a newcomer. Yeah. It's, everyone goes through it. Everyone goes through it. Everyone wants to quit. Mm-hmm. And people I know in 35 years in, they're like, I'm done with this. I go, no, you're not. <laughs> just like me. I'm not. I bitch and complain. I remember, I remember about, I'm going to say about 10 years ago, I put on Facebook, I quit stand up. I'm done. And my friend, Sean Polofsky back in LA, she calls me up. She goes, Miller, shut up. Take a weekend. Take a she weekend. She goes, just take that down. And right. I go, no, I quit. And she goes, shut the, she goes, I'm not even going to listen to you. She goes, I'll see you. I'll talk to you in the morning when you're not quitting. And I'm like, I fucking hate you. But she was right. Cause it's I was true. just in a hissy fit. But you need to have a mental break. That's like, sometimes mm-hmm. I get, if I get to that point, I'll give myself like a week where I just am like low key. Mm-hmm. And like, we're just taking a break a mental break yeah you have to be good to yourself because mm-hmm. no one in this industry is going to be good to you no and i'm not one of these people and i know there's some people that are like i write every day i am not one of those people i write when i feel like i have the inspiration to write i feel like for me if i sit down and force myself to write it's not natural and it's not going to be genuine and it's not going to be good material yeah and i tell people you know you can write every day sure or you can find what works for you right and do that mm-hmm. because I used to be that way when I was, you know, a couple years in three, five years in, we're going to write every day because that's what you're supposed to do. And I was like, and I would sit there with like a friend of mine who's a comic also. And I'm like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Are you hungry? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah let's, oh yeah. Let's just go to the comedy store and hang out. All right, let's go. Cause you need to experience life. Like everything I write about is my life. So if I'm not out there living my life, what am I writing about? Exactly. If I'm doing comedy, every day by sitting in my house by myself writing and then going to shows every night like for me that doesn't work Uh -uh. I gotta go live life it's not you so you have to find what works for you like again with my friend Teddy my best friend he could sit at home for days Mm -hmm. and he's got such an imagination because he's very childlike Mm -hmm. he tells stories of his childhood and little things and he watches videos and he reads stuff and he's like oh my god and then he'll act it out in his room Mm -hmm. he'll literally act out the bit and then he'll call me and he'll do it for me and i'm like dude that's fucking genius right but that works for him yes he's an isolator he's a very much an introvert i mean i'm an introvert to a point but i still have to go out and lift weights Mm -hmm. i have to go out and make fun of people (laughs) you know i i I need to experience funny things i need to walk around the city because i live here in the city in in midtown so So when i walk don't be <laughs> so when i walk around and see the freaks i feel better about myself right. but also it just gives you you know food for thought it gives you and, material yeah and i you know my specialty is just ranting on things mm-hmm. you know i just go off on a subject and that's or i roast people right and so i have to see things happen and then i have to have an emotional reaction to it yeah. and i you know so it's just you know everybody has to find what works and i knew 
comics back in my back in my day before there was electricity they gave us the light with an explosive i don't even know but a candle exactly the old guy with the candle <laughs> with lanterns you know <laughs> tiki torches <laughs> you're get done off the get stage. off the chase you off the right. stage with it oh that's a good idea right i'm gonna tiki open a com- torches yeah i'm gonna open a comedy club first called it's called nobody cares be funny no, I, I like don't that. care what box you check. No I don't care what you identify as. I could yep. give a shit. Are you funny? Mm-hmm. Can you make me laugh and the audience laugh? I could give a shit if you have eight legs and you have four penises and a vagina on your forehead and you identify as a chair. <laughs> Do you make people laugh? Good. Then get on my stage. Funny is funny. Funny is funny. And get I don't a- care. And, and have a thick skin or, or call it thick skin comedy club. Get there over you yourself. And then instead of the light, we'll just chase them off with tiki torches. You got to get one of those giant <laughs> hooks. You just hook them and pull them off the stage like in Looney Tunes. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do it at the Apollo. Do they really? <laughs> they used to. That's amazing. <laughs> and then, uh, or uh, what was his name? Oh my God, Omar would tap you off the stage oh, yeah. <laughs> in his white tux. I love that guy. But uh, you know, just or have a trap door like in yeah, just pull it. James Bond. Love it. <laughs> you Perfect. know, get off. Yep. Especially if someone blowing the light. <laughs> it's the worst ever. I know. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you still doing up there? Like, dude, you're bombing. Right. They're looking for that end note to give them. Like, girl, there's no end note, girl. Right. Yeah. There's no electricity in your end. There's You're not nothing, gonna bring it back. Nothing. It's dead. <laughs> it's bury it. Let's go. And uh but it's you know, it's what were we talking about? <laughs> I think I were old and tired. I know. I'm a hundred. Oh my god, I'm so fucking over this. Uh but uh so, and one of the reasons I have you on the show <laughs> because this is a subject that needs that i don't think it's enough airtime mm-hmm. in pocket maybe it does i don't listen to podcasts i'm such a piece of shit you know i listen to astrology on youtube am i a loser no, yeah i, I just that. outed myself that's fine i like i like to what's your sign virgo i'm next month i'll be 53 you're a september virgo mm-hmm. i like september virgos i don't like august virgos. oh early virgos are horrible people my ex-husband's an august virgo they're terrible they're sloppy they're lazy well i'm a gemini and we get like uh, bad i know <laughs> Exactly the reaction I was expecting. Uh, I'm you're, the, two, you're two different people. That's what I've been told. So you could tell that your husband was polyamorous because you're a double pitch. There you go. <laughs> One side of you is a good person. The other side is just a stank ass hoe. I'm like, it's like I'm a, it, this is very boring for people that aren't into astrology, but I don't care. So my sun sign is a Gemini. Mm-hmm. And then my rising, I get them. I think my moon is your moon is your emotions i think i'm a cancer Ooh, no wonder why you have a kid and or got my, married right Ugh. and my rising scorpio so is mine so i'm like i'm crazy like no, mine i'm a virgo sun okay. scorpio rising okay. and a pisces moon i love pisces right yeah. and, but my pisces and my virgo are so opposite yeah that it's great because my Pisces is emotional. My Virgo right. hates everybody. And my Scorpio is, hey, what's happening? Well, I, always me. La- I always laugh because I'm a Gemini. So we're the sign of duality. Yeah. Right. Two sides. Yeah. Um, I like to look at that as a good thing, not necessarily a bad thing. I can see every side of an argument. Right. Yeah. So but I was raised by a father who's a Capricorn, the most logical sign, and a mother who's a Cancer, the oh, most emotional God. sign. My daughter is also a Capricorn. Capricorn sun, Aries, Aries, moon and rising. She's never going to get married she's, she's gonna fire. rule the world she's, she's gonna, gonna rule, rule the world, world. she's yeah. actually also has the She'll best be comedic ceo, CEO and yeah. also best comedic timing i've ever my she's boyfriend is a capricorn oh yeah yeah they run the world 
He, he they does. should, though. They're very logical thinkers. Yeah, yeah they really are. Right. Well, not all of them. Some of them are crazy, Eddie Griffin. Um, <laughs> I love him. He hates me. No, he loves me. <laughs> We've been friends forever. But um, so, but this is a subject that really needs to be talked mm-hmm. about more often sure. because it happens a lot and it's joke stealing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I hate joke thieves or some people call it stream of consciousness yeah there's there's parallel thinking absolutely and there's deliberately joke stealing yes and i remember and this is like the difference because i remember in lockdown mm-hmm. i haven't i i usually i don't have a lot of time because i'm working a lot sure. so when i don't really watch other people's specials mm-hmm. Or what they're doing now. I don't pay attention because I'm so focused on what I'm doing that I don't have time. And then when I, in in pandemic, we had time. Absolutely. So I wrote this bit and I can't even remember what it is now because I threw it away. And I called Teddy Smith and I was like, what do you think of this premise and this and this and this? He goes, that's fucking hilarious. I go, right? I'm excited about it. Like I wrote it. Mm -hmm. And I said, had all organized and I was going to add shows that week. It was like at the beginning of the week. And then I had this nagging voice like back. My head goes, watch Paper Tiger, Bill Burr special. Right? He's the best. I love him. He's such a great man. And uh, so I watch his special. I'm like, why am I going to? All right, I'll watch Bill. I haven't seen Bill in a while. All right, I'll watch it my bit that I wrote word for word. I'm like, oh my God, thank you God for, right. for warning me because it was a parallel thought. But you had that thought in the mi- back of your mind. Let me just double check. Well, like, I didn't say like, double check, but, but just something just said, watch Bill right, Burr's special. Right, right. I'm like, why? Intuition. Like, yeah, so my intuition clicked mm-hmm. in and so I watched it and I went, oh my God. And I called Ted, I go, oh my God. The joke Bill did. I go, oh my God, thank God I didn't do it. I would have felt like an asshole right. because it's a parallel thought. And I, so I, and he's like, oh shit. I go, yeah. So I ripped up the piece of paper. And I, threw, I don't even remember what it was. But that's now. how you know you didn't steal it because you would have felt like an asshole. You just said it right there. You said if you, you know, like, and that's the difference. I think sometimes you, there is parallel thinking and sometimes there is like, you know, oh my gosh, stream of consciousness. We had the same idea. And you might go in, you might tell the joke and be like, oh, you know what? I didn't even realize it. Let me. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. And then because a lot of comics, there is a lot of parallel thought because we're all in the same thing. Yes. There's too many of us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us have gone through the same shit in the last five years. Mm-hmm. You know, we went through a horribly crazy pandemic. Yeah. And a lot of us had the same experiences. So that's one of the ways that we kind of came together as one in one shitty, you know, life uh, experience. So it's it's how you translate it. A lot of things are going to sound the same, and that's fine as long as you. Ha- it's as long as you can tell a difference between someone doing someone else's jokes, Carlos Mencia, or <laughs> oh my God, this inside voice keeps coming out of my head. Um, that's. You can tell when someone's deliberately stealing something yes. word for word versus the same subject, the same emotional reaction, yes. but you can hear their voice and their point of view come through. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Like, um, like, like a lot of stuff, there's a lot of parallel, like Teddy will go, do you think this is too much like prior? And I said, it's prior-esque in the sense that he's an influence on you, but you're both storytellers. Right. You both have the same kind of... Uh, 
uh, life experience, but yours, you have a different twist because he grew up in Peoria in the mm-hmm. ghetto. You grew up in fucking Riverdale, Maryland with white people. <laughs> right. You didn't live around black it's people. Be a different you know, you take. have a different point of view. You mm-hmm. could have the same experience or same emotional reaction. Absolutely. I go, but it's your take and it's yours where Richard Pryor has his take and it's his and you can hear his voice and his joke. You can hear Teddy's voice in this joke. There's a difference. Yes. Like I talk about my divorce and I talk about being a mom there's other comics that talk about getting divorced and being parents we're going to have similar life experiences but our our stories are going to be different because they're personal number one and it's our voice yes because you're telling it from your own personal experience right that's what makes it yours Mm -hmm. but when you and and then when i saw bill do that i'm like mother you know what i thought i'm like well christy you're on the right track you didn't lose it because you're still on that level i mean listen if you're writing similar jokes to bill burr you're doing the same thing thought processes mm-hmm. and I'm like okay Christy you're still on that level don't because you know in the pandemic you get depressed and you get down on yourself like do I even have this like what am I doing you know right and I'm like it was to me that was me going through that was God saying girl you're still on that level you're still up there you're still you still got it just mm-hmm. just you're you're on his level. Just don't not worry. this bit. Don't do this. Yeah, just don't do this bit. <laughs> but I didn't. I, I don't even remember what it was now. That's yeah. how funny it is. That's that's how much I threw it away instantly. Mm-hmm. And um, but I would never. I don't like it. That's why I just go from my gut and see what happens and, and just talk about things that I know or people like because you know I don't have any fear, so I'll call people out on things that they're afraid to talk about because that's perfect. Yeah. So, but you, on the other hand have had an amazing experience of joke stealing yes so let's Tweet talk about stealing. that yes um do i give background you give, can, a, give you, a little background so i was i don't name you you can name drop i don't name drop. no we're not we don't we, have to we don't have to i don't care no. if you do um so i was dating a comedian mm-hmm. and we went through what could have we went we broke up and i thought it could have been a very civil breakup unfortunately uh-huh. the other partner partner part the other person i don't know what i was trying to say anyway the other person in the relationship, I, I, I think i was gonna say like partner in it but the other person in it didn't think that it could be um didn't think that way and there was a very bad relationship ending i had ended up blocking that person on social media because i was being harassed Ooh. long story short okay so cut to the ceiling so Six months later, we break up in November. So six months later, uh, it's brought to my attention that this person has been stealing or copying multiple tweets of mine that look very similar, right? And what I did is when this person wouldn't stop harassing me and leaving me alone and leaving my friends and stuff alone is, well, I know you're trying, you're stealing my information or stealing my tweets to get my attention. Right. Because you want to talk to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. But I'm still going to put you on blast because you need to stop. Yeah. And it basically took seven of my tweets side by side with things that were posted which i saw and i was in on i was there i was like yes i am here for this darling and they were all time stamped uh and i posted them side by side and it went viral yep. and that's not why i did it that was not my intent nope. i just wanted him to leave me alone yeah. and a cr- i got a cracked article written about it got picked up it was on podcasts uh-huh. like it went viral and yeah. he did stop and he's leaving me alone now I still hear through the grapevine because you know how the comedy community is that he's yeah. still running his mouth about me and sure. how he didn't steal them and how uh-huh. it was all stream of consciousness because we're meant to be 
Because you're meant to be. We're meant to be together. Oh, my God. Cuckoo. Cuckoo. So that's that. Oh, my God. But those tweets were great. I was like, yeah. Because when you were dating this person, I was like, oh, this girl's dumb. Because <laughs> I so saved sorry. his life one I... night. Pre-pandemic. Um... Oh, pre-pandemic. I yeah. thought this no, was no, a no, pandemic no, 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 story. No, 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 no. This is pre-pandemic, doll. Oh. So um, at Broadway Comedy Club, Dina Marie, Al Martin's daughter. I love Dina. Right? How much do we She's love Dina? She's so sweet. She's delicious. Yeah. She's like my kid sister. She used to book Tuesday nights. And I closed the show and Janice would host and then she would book comics throughout the week, you know, whatever. So um, this particular night, uh, I had uh, uh, a family dinner in Little Italy. And I said, I have to go, you guys. So uh, I got to go do a show. So all the wise guys said, let's go to the club and support her, right? So they all come pile. They're all in suits, you know, like yeah. wise guys, right? These guys, this is my <laughs> brothers. They come pouring into the club to see me. And I'm like, oh, shit. And then when they came in, Dino's like, what the fuck's happening? Like, are we getting shaken down? I'm like, <laughs> like no, we're here to see Christy. She goes, oh, okay, whatever. Right. So um, they come in and they're sitting there. And this person, your ex, was on the show. And he proceeded to try to make fun of them very poorly. And they weren't having it. And they have great sense of humor. They, you can break their balls all day long. Because I roast them all the time. We wow. roast each other. It's hilarious. That's all we do. Right. And he came at them wrong. And it got really weird in the room. And so my friend, one of my closest friends of the group, he asked him what he does for a living. And usually this shuts up comedians or, or gives them something to talk about, you know, if they're funny. And he goes, I'm in the garbage business. Oh, well, we all know what that is. Yeah. And instead, usually comics go, oh, my bad. We're going to leave that one yeah. alone. Like, keep it moving. You know, like, make it a little funny about it and keep it moving. He proceeds to go in on them and starts attacking them. Not nice, not funny. And so it got to a point where one of them stood up, pulled out, lifted up his, you know, opened his jacket and showed him what he had. And, uh... And it got weird. And when he got off stage, I, there was one more comic than me. I was closing. And it got off stage. And I said, you better get the fuck out of here right now. And he took off. I don't know this story. And of course not. <laughs> and so I go up and they're still in the room. And when I get off stage, the one that he picked on was gone. I go, where's Al? All of a sudden, I look out the front door because we're in the lobby now, the Broadway Comedy Club. This car <laughs> pulls up in front, the trunk pops. He gets out. He goes, where the fuck is he? He's going in the trunk. And I said, he's gone. I got, no, I, I, oh you can't do God. this. He goes, where the fuck is he? I'm putting him in the fucking trunk. And I go, no, 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 we're not doing that tonight. Maybe tomorrow. But I go, we got rid of, I go, I got rid of him. And because uh, he didn't know what he was in for. Because he's a cocky son of a bitch. Yeah, I've never heard that story. Holy. Uh-huh. Oh, my he God. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. Well, I've never told him because I don't give a shit. I know you guys worked together while we were together because I remember him doing, a, I think he like. It was a 9-11 show in Jersey. That's the that only was. time he yeah, was. Yeah, maybe that was it. He, he had to drive me. Oh, I'm sure you enjoyed that. I was miserable. 
And, you know, he's like, you know, riffing. He's like, you know, I have a car. You know, I, I would, I'd open for you anytime. I'll drive. And I went, well, I have my people, but I'll put you on the list. Like, that's my way of saying that's his, no. That's his MO. Yeah. So um, we go there and, you know, he opens the show. It's okay. And then, and then Leanne, Lord, and I were co-headlining. Oh, I love Leanne, too. Yeah, um, she's great. Yeah. yeah. She's a good writer. She's a That's, really good writer. She, I remember she's I did a, a show with her. She's a brilliant she, writer. Right. She's so good. Strong. Um, very strong A writer. strong writer. Yeah. So I told Madrinos and I said, listen, she's got the TV credits. Let her follow me. Like, let her go headline. Why am I always the one closing? And he looked at me. He goes, really, Christy? <laughs> Leanne Lord going on after you. Really? He goes, go fuck yourself. You're closing. I'm like, son of a bitch. I love Jim. He's the best. That's he's the best. So we do the show. We we drives me back, and he's kissing my ass, and he drops me off. And then because uh, he was annoying me, but you know I'm like eh, he's fine, whatever. I don't have to deal with him. You know, it's I'm not innocent, right? Yeah, I'm like, well, it's just him. It's just him being a nudge, and that's what young comics do. But I'm like, I'm not buying it. You know, I'm like, whatever. I have my people. I don't need you. Mm-hmm. And down the street, I said, well, get home safe. Down the street, his car got hit. Somebody ran a light and hit his car. And he texts me. He goes, I just got in an accident. And I go, oh, my God, I feel bad because you drove me home. And I'm like, in myself, going, hee, 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 I don't remember that either. <laughs> There's a lot I don't remember, apparently. <laughs> I've blocked it all out of my memory but, now. But yeah, so those are my experiences with him. I mean, there's others throughout the times, but like in passing, like I don't, right. I don't feed into him. He's just, he's got an energy that's really greasy to me. And I don't like it. And I'm an energy person, which yeah. I'm sure you are too. I yeah. Because I don't care who you are. If you have a smarmy energy, I'm gonna avoid you. I find it very interesting. This is like I go to therapy, like most comics or people <laughs> we do like whatever, mental health. But I um talking through what I went through with this breakup and and with therapy. And uh, it's very interesting how I almost feel like I got fooled for a really long time. But I think I was in a different state of mind when I, we met. You were in a very vulnerable state and a narcissistic asshole came and preyed upon your weakness because it happens to all of us. That's how we learn about narcissistic personality disorders and abusive relationships. I went through mine in like 2010 and that's when I was like, I'm done. And then I met my boyfriend now like nine years ago and I was like, whatever, because I I was already like, I don't care. You could do whatever you want to me because whatever Rob Lazzarini did to me before (laughs) you, it's always a fucking vowel. And (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) Hello. And uh, I might go on, but he was hot though. Um, They always are. Yeah. But he was just a a mentally abusive asshole that there was nothing anybody could do to hurt me. Yeah. Because I was just done. I'd done all the work and I'm like, you can't, I don't let people in and now he's in but well i feel like i learned i learned a lot from it and i'll tell you like i from what people came and told me um apparently i not the only ones who went through stuff oh yeah we all do that's how we learn Mm -hmm. especially you know nice people that's how you know you're nice when you get an abusive relationship with a narcissist there you go that's when you know you're good okay this is my favorite part of the show not because it's towards the end but because it's one of my (laughs) this is a question that i always ask comedians because we all have this yes and it also gives like an insight to like what you're into and how your brain thinks okay is there a comedian that you like or that you've seen Mm-hmm. that has written a joke and you watch them and you go mother fuck that is brilliant I wish I had written that 100% so there's a few but the one that sticks out the most is when I first started getting into comedy I listened to a lot of Sam Morell. okay um, I think okay. he's a great writer and I like that he's totally. short and punchy yep um 
And he does a bit about the difference between how women view date, uh, sex and men view sex. And okay. he compares it to men, um, women look at it as like buying a car and they're very safe and they read the reviews and like, can we see a family and all this stuff? And then I'm butchering the bit, by the way. It's fantastic. Go check it out. And oh, yeah. then men view it as like parking a car. Like I can go there. I can go there. Yeah. And I just think the <laughs> it's analogy, cute. Yeah. it's cute. And no, it's, it's a really, great bit. It's a really it's, smart bit. It's, it's very smart. Sam Morrell's really smart. Yeah. Like I love him. Like I think he's wonderful. He's mm-hmm. kind of a cockiness, but you know it's okay because you know he what? should but be. He can, he should he can be. be because yeah. he has because he's bits, funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, and and I might not like people, but if they're funny, they're funny, and funny I give is it up. Funny. I don't care. I know a lot of pieces of shit that mm-hmm. I go, but they're fucking hilarious. You yep. got to give it up to them. hundred percent. You can't take that away. If they've got the hustle and they've got the material, I'm not mad at it. No, nope. you know, I wish I had that because right. I wish I was more of an asshole because I just don't want to bother people. Right, and I just go. Oh, I don't want to bother them, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. That's me. It's so bad. I got to get over that. That's okay. But, uh, and now for the best part, because comics and the old school comics, mm-hmm. we would sit around the green room and tell street jokes to each okay. other and make each other laugh. So what is your go-to street joke? Okay. So it's, this is, I had trouble coming up with a go-to, but I will tell you this. It's a little story. Okay. It's something my uncle said. So back when I was in college, my grandparents bought me luggage for Christmas and I was like, where am I going? Like, what, what is this for? And they're like, it's just for college. You're going to college. And my dad's like, it's for if you go study abroad. And my uncle just comes out of the corner of the room and just goes, I studied abroad every semester. Good night. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the lamest that's dad a rim joke, joke. Yeah, that is such a dad joke. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. And like that's that's all. That I was like trying to think. I was like, what's my favorite? I love lame dad jokes though. Yeah, dad jokes are hilarious. Oh, so good. Especially when dads tell them and they oh, think they're killing. That's right. Like, it makes me think of the Kevin Hart bit yep. when he was meeting his girlfriend's dad, and the laugh, the delight. Yep. Okay. You know, it's so, and he would tell you, you could use this. Well, anytime I'm a, when I was on dating apps, anytime a guy finds out a comedian, he's like, tell me a joke. And I'm like, no. Delete. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, I'm not telling you anything. Yeah, go. You know, it's a joke. Your dick size. Good night. <laughs> Thank you. Your W2, that's a joke, you piece of shit. Seriously. Anyway, Emily Page, you're adorable. Thank and you. I absolutely love you. You're and I would love to work with you. Absolutely. And let's, you know, I would love that. You know, I like to, especially for like young women coming up that have their head, you know, like, that are in it. Like, you know, I like to support that. And a lot of women in this industry are not nice. Mm -hmm. Men are nicer to women than women are to women in this industry. Just know that because women will throw you under the bus so they can be the prettiest girl and the funniest girl in the room. I'm like, you know, if that's what you need, go ahead. Bye. You know, so just, you know, I like to make sure that the, the ones I like are, you know, there's kind of a running theme here with old school, new school comedy podcasts that the young comics I like because I want them to be nurtured and I want them to know that they have it and I'm and I see you. After you, girl. Thank you. That means a lot, though. Emily, tell everybody in in uh, internet worlds where they can find you. Oh, you can find me on my Instagram at Emily Page P A I G E Comedy. I post all my dates up there. I'm at Uncle Vinny's down in Point Pleasant regularly. So if anyone is a Jersey Shore in that area, come on down and visit. Nice and. Uh, I love you to death and don't forget to 
you know, follow us here at Old School New School Comedy Podcast. It's actually it's on Instagram. It's Old School New School Comedy. You can follow me at Christy Miller Comedy if you love the show and you love me. And if you hated me, I've been Amy Schumer and uh, <laughs> or Kathy Griffin. That's usually my go-to because she's a cunt. But uh, anyway, you guys, thanks for uh, tuning in, and we'll see you next or talk to you next week. And uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Love you. Deuces.